the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio. Okay, here we are. Welcome to Joko Radio, and it's Tuesday at 7 o'clock, and you're listening to One with Jason and Friends. It's a uh, on-air Bible study, and and uh, I had contemplated, uh, <laughs> you know, with the guys, they gave their testimony last week, and I asked them before the show, I said, guys, are you sure that you want me to give my testimony? And uh, they're like, yeah, why not? And I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do at the last five minutes of the show? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it's it's a uh, well, I mean, I, I don't I don't talk to just talk. I mean, I've, I've given my testimony a couple of different times, and I think it's important though that we share. And and uh, evidently, uh, well, whoever's listening kind of gets to know who the, we are. Yeah, the people who we are, mm-hmm. who who's talking, and everything. But uh, as always, before we move forward with um, with our uh, glorifying of Jesus Christ in uh, edifying the body and talking about what He has done for us, we want to pray. And ask the Holy Spirit to lead this time so that uh, we give God the glory in everything we do. So uh, go ahead, Jesse. Our Heavenly Dear Father, thank you for this most wonderful day that you have blessed us with. Lord, we just pray that uh, the Holy Spirit just fill this room and teach us your word, Lord. Give us the eyes that see, the ears that hear, and the mind that understands your word, Lord. Lord, uh, thank you for this day again, and it's these things we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. You know, you were, you, were, you reminded me of something when you were praying because uh, you said eyes that see, ears that hear. One time I, I was praying, and I said, Lord, give us ears that see and eyes that hear. And somebody said, boy, that's going to be a miracle. <laughs> right? be a miracle. <laughs> you can go ahead and give Lord credit if that's, if that's, if that's what you got. But thank you for uh, praying for us and getting us opened up, Jesse. So um, I guess without further ado, I will give my testimony, and then uh, uh, we'll go into Luke chapter 12, verse 22 uh, afterwards. And so if you've got your Bibles and you're listening, we're in Luke chapter 12, verse 22. But I'll go ahead and give uh, my testimony. In the meantime, we're going to be looking for comments or, or things to, to address, and I'll, I'll make it quick. But... Testimonies are important. It's important that you understand where you know, uh, what you know, and you know where you came from and uh, how you got where you're at and giving the glory to the right place and, uh, you know, before and after what God's done for you. Uh, And so testimony is me testifying to what God has done in my life. So um, I was born a poor white kid. <laughs> We're gonna start out there. No, literally, I we we didn't have a whole lot. Um, I grew up in Halton City, and my parents divorced when I was two years old. And uh, it wasn't uh, an illustrious life, but I had a lot of people around me that loved me, a lot of friends, a lot of uh, parents of friends that cared for me. My parents uh, on. I guess, you know, if my brothers and sisters are listening, I'm sorry, but I feel this way. that My parents kind of taught me how to not parent. Um, so, you know, just don't do that. But but they loved me. And my grandmother loved me a whole lot. And my mom loved me a whole lot. And the one thing my mom did do 
Uh, even though she did not go, uh, she said, uh, she used to call me Bubba when I was little. She wanted me to go to church, make sure that I got on the church bus and, and go to church. So I did that as a kid and, um, not a really big change. You know, I went and I knew the first four books of the Bible. So I got a piece of candy on the joy bus. That's what, (laughs) that's what picked us up the joy bus. And I'll tell you, uh, there was a family that I want to give a shout out to back when I was a little kid in elementary school, and uh, they're still in Haltom City. It's called they're called the Harjo family, and their dad drove that joy bus for years and years and years and years, and that's uh they're good people the Harjos uh, because I know their dad definitely was. I look back and you know to get to get out and drive a bus and go pick up these kids for church. Every, yeah, every mm-hmm. Sunday for not just. Hey, he did it this summer. Mm-hmm. He did it for years. And I remember Miss Harjo, the mom of the family, and the, the some of the sons were my age and stuff. But, so, I didn't understand everything. When I had the little flannel graph when I was a kid, they stuck the thing on the, you know, Jesus or Moses, whoever on the flannel board, and it stuck there. And they said, now this is Jesus, and we're like goldfish. We want goldfish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it snack time? Who cares about Jesus? I want snacks. Apple juice and goldfish. When do we get that? And so, but when um, when I was 11 to 13 years old, somewhere in there, you know, you start taking a liking to girls. Oh, she's pretty. <laughs> that girl's pretty. And then, you know, she goes to church. Now, all of a sudden, you're one of those guys. I was. Hands up. I'm guilty. I'm going to church chasing the, the, uh, the good-looking girls uh, that's out there. And so, you know, I was going to church as, as a young kid for the wrong reasons. However, uh, the traditional church in the very beginning, you would have Sunday school in the main church, but the Sunday school was for the adults, and you kids could go to Sunday school or you could sit with your parents. And then after Sunday school, everybody would get up and mingle around, but I noticed we took a seat, you know, 15, 20 minutes later in the same pew that we were sitting before. I'm like, well, weren't we just here? What did we do? Oh, Bubba, that was Sunday school. Now this is church, and I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, okay. And so they had to come to altar call, and this was at Victory Baptist Church in Haltom City, Texas. And uh, the pastor, I don't even know who it was, he did the come to altar call. Uh, You know, oh, won't you come? Oh, won't you come? Let's sing. We're going to sing it again until somebody comes down this dead gum aisle. (laughs) We're going to keep going. Matter of fact, lock the door back there because nobody's got up. You know, that's kind of the way it felt because the come doctor call went on and on and on. (laughs) And so I get home one day and I tell my mom, I said, Mom, I said, you don't want to do that thing at the end of church. And, uh, you know, everybody, uh, he calls for people to come down and nobody ever walks down there because everybody's afraid to walk down there. But, uh, you know, he keeps asking and asking. And she says, yeah, Bubba, why do you mention that? And I said, well, because I feel like I need to go down there. I feel like I need to go. You know, I feel like uh, something's telling me to go down there And when he says that. And she goes, okay, Bubba. And so next Sunday we went to church. And the come to, the come to altar call came up. My mom stood up, grabbed my hand drug me out in the aisle and walked down there with me and handed me off to an old man with gray hair and a blue suit. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And uh, she said, she told him, she said, you know, uh, he said that he felt like coming down, but he was too scared, so I wanted to bring him down um, 
you know, here to talk to you because you're not a scary man, but he doesn't know. And so I went down there and, and uh, visited with him, and, and he showed me that, you know, all of sin had fallen short of the glory of God, the Romans road, basically, and why uh, me coming down there was a great idea and receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior. And as he was saying these things, nothing happened at all. No heartfelt change. Um, okay, yes, okay, that's great. So then church is over, and the pastor says, Hey, can I have everybody's attention? Jason Thurman here decided to accept the Lord's Savior as his, the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, Lord and Savior. And of course, everybody cheered. And I'm like, I didn't really do anything. Why is everybody cheering? And so they all lined up. And that big old line come down, they shook my hand. Good job, young man. Congratulations. Oh, son, I'm so proud of you. Good job. And they all just, and I'm sitting there thinking, I didn't really do anything. What does everybody give me congratulations for? I didn't do anything. And I didn't understand it. And honestly, I'm 13 years old. I'm not nine. <laughs> I'm 13 years old thinking, you guys got me messed up. You're welcome. Where's my goldfish? Yeah. You're welcome. Where's my goldfish? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Any apple juice? You're, yeah. 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 So, said, no, no, no. It's, a, it's true. And so I thought, what in the world? So, obviously, nothing happened there. I'm telling you, it's for a reason. My mom said, Bob, I'm so proud of you. Let's go get you a Slurpee. And I thought, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I hadn't done anything, but I'm getting rewards here. And so we didn't even get in the car. We just walked down to the corner. Seven levels on the corner uh, down at the end of the street uh, on 28th Street in Haltom City. And uh, I got my Slurpee. And I walked out and was standing on the corner edge of 7-Eleven. I can put you in a six-foot radius of where I was standing. And she goes, I am so proud of your decision, Bubba. I am. I'm so grateful and thank God that that you made that decision. I said, Mom, I said, what did I do? Everybody's shaking my hand. Everybody's telling me what a good thing I've done. What did I do? And she goes, oh, honey, you you don't know? And I said, no. She goes, well, you made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. I said, I know, Mom, but that's what he said. But what does that mean? What, what, what? Big deal. And she goes, son, do you know everything that you've ever done wrong? Everything, every time that you've done something to your sisters or something to a friend, every wrong that you've done, you know that that's a sin, right? She, I said, yes, I've heard that, that it's a sin. And, and she said, well, Bubba, even one sin will keep you out of heaven. I said, I know. I mean, how are we ever supposed to get there? Look at everything that I've done. And she goes, Bubba, that's my point. She goes, what you did when you made him Lord and Savior of your life is he took every sin, I was 13, every sin that, well, I'm not saying I was perfect, but 13-year-old boy, every one of them is gone. It's gone. You are sin-free right now because Jesus Christ gave his life as a ransom to pay for all those sins. And not only that, Bubba, every sin that you commit in the future is forgiven. And I was like, you know, you see no sitcom, what you talking about, Willis? You know, I was like, what in the world are you talking about? You mean to tell me, Mom, and I'm sitting there with my Slurpee in my hand, August, it's hotter than all get out, outside of 7-Eleven. I said, you mean to tell me 
if I take this man, Jesus Christ, that we talk about in church, and I say, you can be Lord and Savior of my life, and I want to follow after you, that all of my sins are forgiven, past, present, and future? She said, that's right. I said, hold on. Are you sure? Because, <laughs> Mom, you're not a pastor. Can I get that in writing? I said, are you sure? And she goes, Bubba, right now, you are sin-free. And at that very moment, it was like a ton of bricks come off. I was 13 years old, and when I realized what it meant, a ton of bricks came off my shoulders, and I was like, I have no sin in my life. She said, that's right. You don't have any. And I was like, so it was at that very moment that I was saved. It was at that moment when I understood what Jesus did, not just going through the actions that I did at church, but when I understood at that very moment at 7-Eleven on 28th Street on the corner with my mom, Slurpee in my hand. It's now a used car lot, by the way, <laughs> but because I go by there and I show the kids that where I was standing, I show I showed my kids. Um, that that right there was when I was saved. So then we you know fast forward in life and I do all kinds of thirteen to nineteen year old things that thirteen nineteen year old kid probably shouldn't do. But I keep thinking back. I don't do this because you know I'm free to go sin. I'm I just lost sight of Jesus Christ and I moved away from Him and I was satisfying immediate gratification for me, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then I met my ex-wife. And uh, Kay is a, a great lady, and uh, she's a very hard worker. And her and I, when we got married, um, we had two kids, Paige and Reagan. They were on the show. And uh, she had a daughter, Deanne, that was my daughter as well. She was my, my stepdaughter. And we got involved in a church group because we knew that we needed to be a Christ-centered family. We both knew that. We were in agreement with that. And so we got involved in a church, and uh, the church came over and talked to us and said, listen, to be members of this church, we're not trying to bother you with this, but you said you want to be members. Um, these are things that we expect as church members. And I agree with that, that there, there should be some things that new Christians need to understand uh, you're representing a body of believers. You're representing a holy name. You're taking that name on, just like you married Jesus. That gives a whole new thing to taking the Lord's name in vain, which we're not going to talk about that tonight. But <laughs> you're taking him on in a marriage, uh, so to speak, and so you need to represent him as if you are the bride of Christ. And so... We got involved in church, and I kept saying to uh, on the little card, "Hey, if you if uh, if you want to to volunteer in any ministry or whatever." And the church we went to was a Celebration Baptist Church at the time. It's Celebration Fellowship now, over on John T. White in Fort Worth. Pastor James Reeves, Associate Pastor Alan McBrayer. and so we uh, we went to that church, and we were in a small group with Lisa and Marcus Doherty. Great, great people. We were in this small group for four years. Unbelievable small group, life-changing small group. So small groups are unbelievable, but I'm a big fan of them. But uh, I'd go to church, and I'd have to fill out this card that said, hey, if you want to get involved in ministry, just fill out this card. And I, I just kept filling out, hey, I'll volunteer anywhere. Hey, I'll volunteer anywhere. Hey, I'll volunteer. That's what I felt led to do. <clears throat> little disclaimer here. 
if you're going to say, hey, I'll volunteer anywhere, pray that God, because God put me exactly where he wanted me. But pray that God will put you because, and He will. You know, God's working in Absolutely, that. Absolutely. Right. Next thing I know, Jeannie came up to me. She said, "Jason, you said you volunteered where I need a spot in the little fourth grade classroom. Uh, can you come help us with fourth grade or second grade, whatever it was?" And I said, "Well, sure, I will." She said, "Okay, you need to go through this training because you need to know. Hey, don't go in the bathroom if there's only one kid. Let them go in there by themselves. But if there's two people in the bathroom, you need to go in there to make sure your kid you take it is supervised. You had to learn some things for state law. Boys don't go in with the girls. Think just things that you think should go unspoken. They don't because they're protecting children at church. So I had to go through all that, and then all of a sudden I'm gonna I am a certified. Let's wake up. Let's go." help the children's ministry. So I get in the floor, we're making cotton balls for the clouds. God made the clouds. Look how fuzzy they are. And the little kids are like, oh, and I'm rubbing them on their face. Yeah, God made the clouds and God made the water. And, you know, we're just got little kids and we're just teaching them, you know, foundational things. <clears throat> and uh, I kind of liked it. <laughs> I, kinda, I did. I kind of liked it. You know, uh, my kids uh, were little bitty, you know, uh, they were young, you know, Paige and Reagan were, and so they were in the class with me, and Deanne was in an older class, and and um, so I would just go, and I was that helper in that kid's classroom. And then one Sunday it happened. The teacher that I was a helper of, she didn't show up. She was sick. And so Jason had to teach the kids. So I'm like, Miss Jeannie. I don't know a whole lot about the Bible. What am I going to do? <clears throat> she says, well, it's a it's a children's Bible, and just teach this lesson, have them color, and play with them a little bit. It's only, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. You you can do that. And I thought, yeah, I can do that. So I started doing it. Then Miss Jeannie gives me a box. She said, Jason, I ordered something for you. Here is a curriculum for your age group. And I was so, I'm like, oh, God. so I'm getting the curriculum here for this age group, and I'm going to make all the lessons. She goes, yes. And you let me know what you need, and we'll get it together for you where you don't have to make it. And then when you do your lesson for your kids, it's all put together already. And so I would look, and I'd read through the children's Bible, and I would see all the, the stories. And I'm like, man, this is going to be great. These kids are going to have so much fun. I remember that church was just a big bore when I was growing up, and I don't want it to be this way for the kids. So as I got more and more confident teaching the little ones, one day we had a lesson of the children uh, of Israel fleeing Egypt, coming out of captivity. And uh, we had a drama team in the adult class. Uh, there's a, you know, you go to church and the adults did a drama team before the past, uh, pastor's message. So they're acting out what he's about to talk out. So it's kind of cool if you're a visual learner instead of auditory, you get to see the lesson. And so they had this back room with all these costumes. And I got an idea. I thought, man, if we're fixing to come out of captivity, what if I dress these kids up? We go back there, I dress them up, and they get the clothes, they get the swords, they get all that stuff. Because there's a sand volleyball uh, place right outside. And so I talked to Jeannie, and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. Is there any problem with that? And she said, no, but you want to get with... Uh, Pastor Reeves' wife, because she's over the drama team, see if there's any issue. And she said, man, there's no issue at all. She said, I think it's great that you're going to do this. So the kids came in. I said, listen, we're going to do something a little different. Oh, we're going to dress up? I said, yes, we're going to dress up exactly like the people that we're going to learn about. 
And they're like, oh, my gosh. So we got all the clothes out, and I gave them the story, and I said, okay, you can be this person, and you can be this person, and you can be this girl, and you can be. And the kids got all excited, and we dressed all up. And I said, now, come on, we got to go to the desert. And they're like, where's the desert? And I said, out here where all this sand is. And so the kids all followed me in line out there, and here we are traipsing through on the sand volleyball net, acting like we're coming out of captivity from Israel. Now listen, this isn't me. This is the Holy Spirit in me doing this, okay? I didn't know anything about this, so the Holy Spirit's in me doing this. And in the middle of doing all this, the other teachers are looking out the window like, what's he doing out there? What are they doing out there? And the, the kids loved it. And so the kids wanted to come back week after week because the Holy Spirit kept building in me neat things to do. And parents would come and say, I don't know what you're doing, but the kids are coming home and teaching me about the Bible, and they're wanting to come back here. And so, yeah, and so it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. I'm telling <clears throat> you, this right. is Jesus edifying. This is not, it's not Jason Thurman. And then we uh, had a group of people together in our small group, and they all were working in the children's ministry. So Jeannie said, hey, Bill Hybels Church out of Chicago, I think they're in Chicago, uh, but anyway, Bill Hybels Church is having a children's uh, seminar down in the Woodlands, Texas, and we'll pay for you to go down, we'll pay for your hotel, I want you to learn what they're doing. And so we go, the whole team, we go down, the first service and second service team, we go down to the Bill Hybels Church, and what Bill Hybels did is he was sick and tired of McDonald's making your kids want to go to McDonald's, but the children's ministry at church didn't stand a chance. You had kids coming, kicking and fighting and screaming. And he said, uh-uh. So he goes and hires the like the playground director or whatever from McDonald's, <laughs> or, or she was at his church or something. But he gets her, and she said, listen, if we do this, we have to do it big. That's what she told Bill Hobbles. He said, well, what do you need? He said, we're going to do it big because... Our future is our children, and we've got to show our children the love of Christ. And even if it looks like a freight train out of control, we need to teach them the love of Jesus Christ in a way that they can understand it, that's age-appropriate for them, and in a way that they want to come back mm-hmm. where it looks fun and things. <clears throat> and so our church said, y'all go down there and learn that. Go learn whatever they're doing. And so we go down there, and uh, that's what we learn. We learn sign language to the songs. Uh, we learn new techniques and, and innovative things that would change up our routines in how the kids were being taught. And then we learn how to take what looks like chaos. It's controlled behind the scenes, but the kids think that they're just getting to do whatever they want. But in actuality, they're doing what we're leading them into doing. And so I know that there's a lot of teachers out there and go, oh, yeah, that's blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know any of that. I'm an electrician, but they did a real good job teaching us because we just um, uh, collaborated in our six-seat row bus all the way back from the uh, Woodlands, and we could not wait to implement the things that we learned. And so when we got back, um, we we assigned um, different age groups to the kids, which that was done before, but we specifically did it. We made them a color, so a specific age group was a color. We made uh, a drama team. We mirrored the adults' church. 
we made a drama team in the children's ministry, but it wasn't just the adults. We brought the kids in on the dramas. And the kids come to church because they want to get picked to do the dramas. They want to they want to get up there and act things out. And as a team, we would rehearse stuff. Like I am the way, the truth, and the life. One time we did uh, we did the life, and I'll never forget. Uh, Brian Goble uh, was he was Frankenstein, and we were talking about the life. God brings life back into us, and this is for kids. But we took some jumper cables, and uh, I don't know how he stood it because that would kill me. And clipped onto his toes and acted like, hey, we're giving him life. And uh, made some thunder noises and turned the lights on and off. And he's raised up, you know. <laughs> we just did crazy stuff so that the kids would uh, learn and love learning. Now, I told you all my testimony was long, but it, it gets a little bit better. So we've got a minute 51 before the break, and the music's going to start playing again. I'll keep going, then I'll finish it. I'll wrap it up, uh, you know. Man, I, this is no, I, you keep going. We'll man. wrap it this up is, next week, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I know that the rear end, the ears can only take what the rear end can endure. So give me two and a half more hours and I'll have you all out of here. <laughs> but the team was all involved um, in helping these kids. We'd put three or four dramas together and we'd get the kids involved in the dramas. But we would teach them an overall lesson and then the kids would break out and go to their age-appropriate teachers, and they would do a craft age-appropriate for them. And then when they're done with their craft, they got free time, and they could go in the gym and play basketball or anything. But then when their parents came and picked them up, they traded uh, their parents when they got their ID card when they checked in. We also gave a card to the parent, and they, they give us that, and they match it up with the ID card, and the parent takes the, you know, the right mm-hmm. kid with them. And uh, that allowed us to also know who came that Sunday and who didn't so that we could call them and check on them. Hey, I noticed Bobby wasn't at church Sunday. Tell him that we missed him and that we did some fun stuff. And uh, is he there? Can I talk to him? And he gets a phone call from somebody. Now the little little boy feels important or the little girl feels important. And so I really enjoyed my time in the children's ministry. But I sat down with Jeannie one time in the uh, auditorium and I'll tell you what happens next when we come back from the break. Wilfred Brimley for Loafing Dog. Hi, I'm Wilfred Brimley for Loafing Dog. You know when I get to hankering for a hot dog, I go to Cleveland, Texas. Just a couple blocks off the square, they got Loafing Dog. They got the Neely Dog, the Mary Sunshine Dog, the Casey Dog, and the Shirley Dog. Why, they even got the Pacer Dog, the Brooklyn Dog, and the Jim Dog. Can't forget the Shane Dog. Or the Joy Dog, and the Monty Dog, I like that fool. The Nakia Dog and the Braxton Dog round things off. Why, they even got a kid's menu, too. Loafing Dog, 208 East Chamber Street, Cleburne, Texas. Lunch, catering, or takeout, plus outdoor seating. Phone number is 817-556-1040. This is Wilford Brimley. Don't forget, Loafing Dog won't give you diabetes. 
Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. Out of deck carpet giving you the blues? Tired of your old dingy and broken tile? Let my friends at the floor store in Cleburne, Texas give your home the makeover it deserves. This is old Taco Joe coming to you for the floor store. Whether it's carpet, tile, wood flooring, or real wood laminate, the floor store can cover all of your flooring needs. Located at 405 West Henderson Street in Cleveland, Texas, owner Brent Harris can help. Shower tile, tub surrounds, even backsplashes. Give him a call today at 817-641-9444. The Floor Store, they've got you covered. Serving Johnson County, Texas, Joko Community Radio. And welcome back to the second half of the show here on Joko Community Radio. We are the voice of Johnson County, Texas, and live 365 on the TuneIn Radio Network. To listen, simply go to TuneInJoko.com, where you can download the free app or listen live right there. We are also streaming simultaneously on Spreaker.com, with select shows like this one streaming to Facebook. All of our shows can also be found on any one of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify and iTunes. Check out our lineup on jococommunityradio.com. Thanks for tuning in. This episode and more brought to you by Next Level Claims, making your insurance work for you. Visit us at facebook.com forward slash next level claims. All right, Next Level Claims, thank you so much because now you're getting to hear some testimony. Well, one that's like never ending. (laughs) Okay, so, so I left off where I went and sat in the auditorium with Jeannie. Um... So we had uh, we had rocked along doing the the children's curriculum for four years, and um, Jeannie had given me the the title of director of children's curriculum. It was an unpaid position, and uh, but basically, you know, Jason, move forward. Let me know how I can help. And uh, so I didn't take that lightly. I enjoyed it. I sunk my teeth into it, and uh, had lots of lots of. Uh, relationships with um my that that grew in between me and other adults me and the team members so there's lots of maturing spiritually for the adults at the same time as there was for the kids um and there's lots of details i could go in with that but i'm going to stay out of the weeds of it but i'm gonna tell you i sat down with Jeannie, and she goes jason what what is it that's on your heart i know something is troubling you and I said, Jeannie, and I started crying. I mean, I'm sitting down, a grown man in church. Nobody, nobody else is there. It's just me and her, and we're sitting in the chairs. She goes, what is it? And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And she goes, okay. I said, but I feel so bad coming to you and telling you 
that my heart is not in it, that now it's a labor for me and not something that's drawing me to do it. And I, I just, I don't want to do this anymore because I just don't have that desire. And I don't know what else to say other than sit here and tell you. She goes, Jason, you're doing the right thing. And she said, let me tell you why. Jeannie was so sweet. She goes, let me tell you why. She goes, what you don't know is that there is another lady that has come to me and she wants to do what you're doing and probably add some things and you don't even know this, but she knows there's not a position open because you're doing it. And he said, she goes, I want you to know that you need to pay attention to the desires of your heart. When you delight yourself in the Lord, Psalms 37, 4, delight thyself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Pay attention to the, do I go left? Do I go right? Pay attention to what your heart's telling you and pray that out with God. And if he says, listen, go sit and talk with Jeannie, do it. Because God's got somebody else right now, ready now. And in order for that person to get her to, Lord to work in her life, you needed to be obedient with God in your life. And uh, she goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I just, I want to teach adults. I want to teach adult classes. There's so many adults that don't know some of the things that these kids know. And I feel that it's, it's, it's not right for the church to think it's okay for the people to just attend and not understand really what the Bible says. And I, I feel led to just share what Scripture says with adults. And she goes, well, you need to go speak with Alan McBrayer. And so I went and sat down with Alan. I, I just poured my heart out. And I said, you know, it's one thing to have people attend church, Alan. I said, but then we need to get them involved in church, Alan. And I said, after they're involved in church, and my hands are going in tighter and tighter and tighter like this as I'm talking. And I said, eventually, they should be teaching people themselves and who knows, either go off and be pastors or help with the church or help a pastor, uh, you know, with a ministry or whatever the case is. But to just stay on the outside and be okay, the church should not be okay with that. I still feel that way, by the way. The church should not be okay with that. And, uh, But, you know, it's God's timing, not the people that run the church. And the church should pray and have an avenue for them to take if they want to take the growth avenue. that's I believe that's what the church's responsibility is, bring people closer to knowing Christ, closer to seeing his face. And Alan says, Jason, what you just uh, described to me were the concentric circles of ministry. That's what we're taught at seminary, that eventually you come to a tighter inner circle and you want to see God's face. You want to know him. You have an intimate relationship and you cannot understand for the life of you why other people don't want to know that. And that's where, um, that's if, if you have a desire to do that, you need to go through the spiritual gifts class. And I said, sign me up. Who's teaching it? He said, I am. <laughs> and listen, Alan McBrayer is a giant of a student of Scripture. So is James Reeves, the pastor and associate pastor. They changed their name to Celebration Fellowship. And they did that. Because they didn't want Celebration Baptist Church, the Baptist name, to make certain demographics of people not want to come to the church. Well, the Southern Baptist Convention basically said, listen, 
we're the ones that are helping you. Y'all were a church plant from Sagamore Hill Baptist Church. Y'all were a church plant, and we do not approve of you changing your name. And uh, our church leadership said, we understand, but we don't need any of your money anymore. We're up and running, and God is taking care of us, and we feel led to change our name to Celebration Fellowship, and that's what we're going to do. And then it was basically, they, they saw the amount of growth the church was taking because uh, they call themselves a hospital church, that people are broken and hurt, and they need to come and be healed and restored, uh, not medically, but spiritually. spiritually. Yeah, spiritually. James has written some <clears throat> books, and, and they've got a, a women's shelter uh, building that they built right next to their church, and that's one of the things that they do is they help uh, battered women or whatever the case is. I'm not really sure, but it, it's a women's place. But anyway, so it's Celebration Fellowship now. And so uh, I went to the spiritual gift class, crossed my fingers, said, Lord, please don't give me the spiritual gift of uh, prayer. <laughs> I did. I said, do not give me the spiritual gift of prayer, Lord. That's uh, I, j- I can't stand prayer. And if you didn't know that, Lord, I can't stand prayer. And I said, Lord, don't give me the spiritual gift of the person that takes out the trash. I don't want the spiritual gift of somebody that does all the construction when they build the stage. And I was telling God all these things, you know. I had my fingers crossed going through the gift uh, the, the gift class. And uh, it's not a one-day or two-day thing. It's something that you should set and go through and have somebody really uh, talk to you about uh, why is there really spiritual gifts? What does Scripture have to say about spiritual gifts? Where does the spiritual gift come from? How are we to grow our spiritual gifts? How do we even know that we have one? What does the Bible say about that? Um, you get um, outside influence to somebody that will be honest with you to answer some questions. You take a survey yourself, and then um, and then there's there's a revelation in a time period that you say, okay, this is this is the gift that's leaning more towards my desire and what I'm doing. And you'll find that God knows you better than you. So oftentimes, your trades or your talents are not your spiritual gifts. If that was the case, then I'd be a teacher in the school district. Uh, although sometimes spiritual gifts and your talents are the same. I know somebody, you know, John Smith, that's uh, KK's husband. He's a, he's a teacher and he's a teacher. And, but it's not very often that, that you have something. I'm an electrician and I teach at church. Uh, I'm not, I do not want to do church maintenance. I just don't want to do it. I will. I'll help. But man, I, you know, I don't want to do it. Some people do, but I don't. And so I went through that class, found out that I had the gift of teaching. I was scared to death because I thought, well, okay, here it is, what I wanted. That's what God says, and that's my, where my heart's at. So he's steering me and uh, went through a divorce. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, are you kidding me? What in the world's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on in a nutshell. Jason committed more of his life towards the church and church growth and church edification and church this and that and this and that than I did my wife. And that is wrong. 100% wrong. God gave you your wife. And if you can't do something that's a desire of yours that uh, you have the support with your wife, you better second guess your decisions. Because I left all the time. I went here. I went there. And and, uh, it wasn't the only reason. Don't get me wrong. She's not like, you love church. Get out. You know, it wasn't wasn't that. But I can tell you, I'm just living transparent. It's my testimony. I'm Mm -hmm. living transparent that I shouldn't have done that. 
And so um, end up meeting my current wife. Uh, notice how I slipped over all that baggage real quick. <laughs> end up meeting my current <laughs> wife. And uh, is Mia. You know, Mia, we've been married for 22 years now. And Mia, uh, 20 years. 20, 20, tw- 21 years. Okay, Ooh, 21 years. You just did that on the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll hear about that. Trust me. And uh, we went to Celebration Fellowship as well. And we were in a, uh, a class on the book of Revelation. Not us, William, don't complain. Book of Revelation. And uh, it was a precept class. So study in Revelation, precept upon precept, is an in-depth study. And it's really pretty cool. When we got done with that class, the uh, uh, I, we weren't all the way done, but Alan called me into his office. And he said, Jason, <clears throat> he said, I... Uh, I heard that you have a girlfriend. I said, yeah. And uh, he said, how's that going? Tell me about that. And I said, you know, I was divorced. Uh, no, I wasn't all the way divorced, by the way. I wasn't. Uh, we were, I mean, it was inevitable. We were waiting on the 90-day period or whatever that is. Uh, I'm glad I don't know all those details now. But I'd met her during that process. And he said, uh, you know, you're in leadership at this church. And I said, yeah. And he goes, do you know, if I let you remain in leadership at this church while you're living with your girlfriend and your divorce is not final, then it looks like we're condoning that behavior because we know that. Now we know that. And you know that that's not right. And I know that that's not right. And so I have to ask you to step down from your leadership position. It's not my authority to tell you you can't come to church, you know, but you're representing us and we need you to carry the name the way that you know. And I said, listen, Alan, I know, I get it. I respect you and I will absolutely step down from leadership. And so I did. And we lived in Burleson. <clears throat> And Mia and I, we basically said, you know, listen, all the relationships that we have there are from my ex-wife and myself. Let's try to find a new church. And so we, in Burleson, we went to like every church, like every one of them. Uh, some church, I don't even remember their names. Some of them were in neighborhoods. Some of them, you know, we went to TCAB. We went to First Baptist. Uh, we went to, at the time, it was St. Matthew. It's Pathway now. We went to a, a lot of churches. And it dawned on me. Uh, she goes, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, first, we need to plug in somewhere so that we can have God speak to us. If we're jumping around all the time, then we never really get a feel. She goes, well, where do you want to go? I said, let's let's go and let's plug into TCAP. And that's a church of Burleson that's now bought by uh, Burleson Admitted School District. It's going to be used for their, um, I'm not sure, the gaming school or whatever it is, but it's up there by where the old Brahms used to be. And uh, the kids, when they were very first, we went there before they were born. And when they were born, they were so little, they couldn't come in contact with a bunch of people because they're real little. So we would go sit in the lobby with two carriers. You may have twins, obviously. Y'all know that, but the listeners may not. She would carry one in, I'd carry one in. We'd sit there and watch the TV. Pastor Don Womble would talk on the TV. And uh, um, I come to find out that we become members of the church and I was interviewing Don. I'm like, well, then you tell me this about the church. What do you think about this? And he's like, I am so glad you're asking me all these questions because everybody just signs the document flippantly and moves on. And I said, well, I'm not going to do that. 
And so we became members of the church, but I could not understand why the Lord would bring me and let me have a desire to go to a church that had no Sunday school. They had small groups and church, but they had no Sunday school. And I'm like, why are we? Why am I here? Why do you? And basically, God says, "Well, you just keep going, boy, because <laughs> you're here for a reason." And so, one thing led to another, and uh, I said to the the pastors, "I said I would like to do something," and they and they ran me through the children's ministry again. Then they put me in teaching the membership class for TCAB. So I taught the membership class there. When somebody became a member. And then in addition to doing the membership class, I said that I wanted to do a men's ministry. And they said, well, we don't have any funding for a men's ministry. I said, don't worry, we don't need any funding for a men's ministry. And so we started uh, meeting TJ. Uh, TJ Anders wanted to meet. And he said, I got a lot of questions, Jason. Can you meet with me? I said, sure. And then some men found out that we were meeting. And TJ would ask all these questions. And I loved it because he would ask questions that people wanted to ask, but they never would. TJ would ask them. And so um, next thing you know, the men's ministry started growing. And I told them, I said, listen, bring your kids. Don't, leave, don't let your kids be the reason you can't come. Bring your kids. Give your wife a break. We'll have a babysitter. And we used to bring a coffee can, a Folgers coffee can, and set it in the middle of the table. And I took my razor knife, cut a slot out in the middle. And I said, this coffee can is for the babysitter. And I said, put in what you can. If you can't put anything, don't even feel like you need to but we're just going to let the Lord pay this babysitter. And that babysitter made money every time. And we had that coffee can. I brought it back and forth with me. It had chains, and sometimes it had 60 bucks in it. Sometimes it had $16 in it. But the Lord always provided payment for that babysitter. And it grew to like 20 men. Like a lot of men came to that. And then uh, I turned that over to another fella because my desire changed again. And I remembered Celebration Fellowship. If your desire changes, pay attention. And so then I wanted to teach men and women. And so I started teaching men and women on Wednesday nights there. And then uh, fast forward past the Church of Burleson. There's, you know, that that some of you know what happened there. Some don't. I won't paint any pictures there. But I went to study with Stan Denman over at Community of Life Church. Yep. That's, Great guy. Oh, my gosh. Man. You talk about a giant of a <laughs> student of the Bible. You know, I met a lot of good men in the men's Bible study. You know, Paul Lufka, I met David Ryan, I met David Schultz, I met, just, I, I met William Cook. The list goes on and on with the men I met there. But uh, when TGAP dissipated, guys went different directions, and I went to CLC and studied. And uh, Stan does a great job of making men and women in his congregation, giving them a path to mature Mm -hmm. so that they don't always have to come and consume what the church is doing. They will give back to the church when they come. They're coming to church to give something. And so it created an environment where everybody fed each other. When you went, small church, the truth is preached there, not a lot of fluff going on at Community of Life Church. Therefore, there's not a 1,000 people. If you have a lot of fluff and it's easy to listen every time and you're told how great you are, well, then you got room for a lot of people who want to go to that church. But when the truth is preached, you have to face yourself. And uh, I, I appreciate that because it, it was iron sharpening iron. Well, as my kids grew, there, there was um, 
a struggle with the children's uh, youth, the youth program. And I'll tell you, Tom Pendergrass and Jerry Nelson, mm-hmm. they work their tail off to help get the youth up and going. But it's, it's, it's hard to do teenagers. And so my girls ended up going to uh, Pathway. And so we thought, well, we want to go as a family. So we went to Pathway. And then one day, a little girl invited Madison to a thing called Blast at um, LifeGate. And uh, she went and she saw a lot of her teachers at LifeGate. And me and I are going to Pathway. And uh, Madison said, listen, I want to go to LifeGate. And if y'all can just drop me off, it's right down the road. And y'all can stay here. And so we did that a couple times, actually, Madison, with a different church than we did. But she was growing so much under the leadership of the youth down there, Colton and Megan Rohr, that we're like, we need to go to church with our children. That's where we need to go. And so I found myself. um, uh, I did not become a member of Pathway. There's no reason why I didn't. I just didn't. And we went down there and... uh, it felt really good, and it still feels really good to this day. And uh, that's where I'm at. I'm a member of LifeGate Church, and uh, they preach the love of Christ. You are going to know the love of Christ. And they do not measure their message by how many people are in the seats. I personally was told this by Chad Benson. Uh, he measures by whether or not the people understood the love of Christ when he was done. And uh, that's a that's a great way to do things. And I said, well, we can do it the last five minutes, but I ain't kidding. It's almost the last five minutes. <laughs> but so um, with that being said, I uh, I said to them, hey, do you mind if I get involved some way or another? And they said, no, what do you want to do? And I said, let me help out with the men's ministry. And they said, great, great, you can help out with the men's ministry. Uh, so they introduced me to the leaders of the men. We had... Uh, you know, dinner at the Roses, and, uh, you know, I come from a different background than, than that's, a, that's an Assembly of God church, and I come from a Baptist background, and uh, the guys were going to talk to me about, you know, the differences, and Chad Benson, I'll never forget, he says, let me stop you guys right here, and this is what he said, seriously, this is what he said, he said, Jason teaches the love of Christ and that will not be stopped at this church. I'm not kidding. And they said, good enough for me. And so I'm like, golly, that's a pastor I can get behind. Mm -hmm. That is a pastor I can serve under and serve proudly under. And his wife, Amber, is a tremendous lady. You feel like you're the only one in the room when she talks to you. She has such a gift of communicating with you, and it's not on deaf ears. She's fully in, in attention to you. And so I started doing the men's ministry uh, with them on Thursday nights. And uh, I sat for six weeks, the first six weeks, by myself. Nobody came. Nobody at all came. And it's not something where they're saying, hey, y'all go to the men's ministry. You know, it's, you know they do the small groups, and you can check, see what you want to do. Thursday night, you know, that's kind of a weird night, really, to be honest with you. And why did I pick Thursday? It was the only night, only night that didn't conflict with my daughter's high school softball schedule. So that, that, that's the reason I picked Thursday. And here we sat now, still Thursday nights. We have our Bible study at LifeGate. And then I had this opportunity here to come and uh, 
I've always wanted to reach a broader audience and study with people and do it openly where people can listen and hear and weigh in or whatever. And so Tiffany, uh, you know, Jesse's wife, Nona, gave us an opportunity. Uh, we sat and talked to Tiffany. Tiffany said, yes, uh, I would love to use the platform God's blessed me with to talk about Jesus Christ and edify him. And I said, man, I would love to do it. And so we bring some of the people, and some can come, some can't, you know, different nights uh, to the Tuesday show. And uh, I just decided to call it one because Jesus prayed, Father, the glory that you have given to me, I've given to them so that they can be one as I am one with you. And that's what our country needs right now is for us to come together as one under Christ Jesus. Let us be one under him, not one under, you know, Republicans or one under Democrats. Let's be one under Christ Jesus. And so that takes me to the show and where I'm at right now. And we've come from Haltom City, <laughs> Haltom City all the way to the studio tonight. And uh, yeah, we have two minutes, 38 seconds left. And I, I'm sorry, I... I didn't mean to like. No, man, this everything. is great. This is great. But this is that. That's my testimony. That's the life that that Jesus has put me through. And God, I'm so thankful, guys. So thankful to getting to meet y'all, and getting to grow in my relationship with y'all. It's one thing to grow in relationship independent with Christ, but when you can do it with other men and women, you know, I'm so thankful for Jenna and Debbie. I'm so thankful for Sam coming and meeting her. I mean, it's just, it's great to meet other people and just talk about scripture and wrestle with God and go, okay, if you're my creator, then show me how to live. Don't throw me, and he's not throwing us off in a desert. He wants Mm. to show us how to live, but fleshing that out and weighing that out with, with brothers and sisters in Christ, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love doing it. And sometimes I'll say this, and I know I've talked a lot, this has been Jason's (laughs) testimony, but I don't want to come all the time, but I never leave disappointed. We need that clip of Joe whenever he had whenever, that prayer. That was the yes, probably the best was one. That was the best. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. And I miss definitely. the people that can't be here. I do. You know, I miss William Cook. Um, he, he he gives us jabs and stuff, but he's such a good man. His wife's such a good woman. And John and Jenna and David Ryan and David Schultz and and you guys. You know, y'all know how I feel about y'all, and it's sincere. But uh, yeah, this that's uh, that's my testimony, and uh, now because we definitely have to have Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because the devil is out there working to take this world over. Yeah, well, it's his. <laughs> it's, one one thing I think you, know. you could take from all of our testimonies um, is if you're having trouble finding a purpose. Mm. For for anything, if anybody's been listening to Jason here, there's always he's always had a purpose. He always was finding that purpose, or God was opening that door to that purpose. Amen. Um, and that's something big. Like myself, I'm always I was at before, still trying to find my purpose, and I have found somewhat of purpose. I'm still in search. Um, but everybody has a purpose somewhere, and we need we need Christ to uh, fill us to show us. That's right. That, that purpose. That's right. Thank you, Tanner Scarver, Justin. I love you guys. I love you too. Y'all have a good week.
from Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio.